Hey, hey, welcome back, team. How you doing out there, you epic, enamored, excited, sensational, stimulating, and stoked suspects? Hope everything is going wonderfully for you. It is a gorgeous day here in Illinois, and I'm here to welcome you to the Beautiful Dustbeck Podcast, a show hosted by me, Alex Hofeld, a registered yoga instructor, a high school scientist, a scientist, science teacher, teach biology and astronomy to young minds every day, except for right now, because it's summertime, y'all. I'm also a personal trainer, a general health and wellness and fitness enthusiast, and I do a lot of stuff, man, and hopefully I'm becoming quickly here as best of my ability a science communicator because of all the things I do in life, the core, the foundation, the thing that makes me stoked is science, and that's what this show does, showing you, teaching you, exciting you on the facets of nature, that if you understand the science that is in you and around you and in every moment of our lives, the it, it enlivens you, it, it, it ignites the inner curiosity. I'll bring the passion and enthusiasm enthusiasm. All you need is a curious and open mind, and I promise you, I will show you that even in the most ordinary moments of our lives is just teeming with extraordinary things happening at every grand scale. So remember, you're a human. You're amazing. You're a dust speck. On a grand scale of size, you're nothingness, but on a scale of wonder, awe, and curiosity, and all the amazing adjectives you could possibly comprehend in your brain, you are epic. You are beautiful. You are in without measure. So that's what we're doing here. You're a creature of 37 trillion cells, walking, talking, thinking, feeling on this earth, in this galaxy that's, or I guess surrounding this sun, that's in this galaxy that's just in an infinitely expanding universe. This thing lies you, man. This little body, this little thing that is going to perceive the world around us and give it names. And what we're going to talk about today is one of the things that we have, probably the most powerful emotion that's ever existed in the human brain and human body is love. And with the Orlando shootings and with things going down in this world right now, has there ever been a greater time for love to exist? And I'm sure this will come up later on. I'm not trying to, you know, really focus on it too much, but it's just, it's in my heart. It's in, it's, it's, it's on my mind a lot, especially with this topic coming up here. So let's just begin here. You know, love is all around us. Love is this amazing emotion. Emotion that we've given a name, and we've talked about this on multiple episodes, the amazingness of the brain to give us the, you know, to ask these big questions and to give them answers and give them names and write poetry, art, music, language, all these things about trying to personify these things. Feelings, you know, we call them feelings. We've given them a name. Feelings, these inner, inner emotional states that course through our body and change every square inch of our body and mind. And it's through these these things that we call neurotransmitters. You are just a conduit of emotion. You're a conduit of perceptions around you. As you go through the earth, you can perceive the things around you given your senses. And humans have the audacity to try and create them into art and explain them and share them with the people around you. And artists have been doing this for generations. But now, scientists are finally here. We're trying to join the ranks of the poets to try and explain love. Not to not to knock it down, not to take the love and the art out of it, but to actually, in my opinion and in many others, to add the beauty of it. To add beauty into that art, creativity, you know, whatever thing you want to think about. And that's what this is so amazing. That's what goes down with us. And that's why we're here. That's why this is so incredibly special to think about. I'm trying to feed your inner wolf, all right? 
there's this parable that exists out there. There's actually a podcast called The One You Feed. It's actually a really good podcast. I, I re- believe it's an Indian parable. It is a, 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 a grandson and a grandpa talking to each other. And the grandpa explains to him that inside each one of us are these two wolves. The world, the world, a wolf, sorry, a wolf of love and a wolf of hatred. And they're equally, they have equal footing and they are each inside of us and they're trying their darndest to win. And the grandson asks the grandpa, which of these two wolves will win the battle? And the grandpa responds, the one you feed. And that's what this is about. I'm trying to feed your good wolf. I'm trying to fill that brain, that mind, that emotion up with things that are going to make you love yourself, love the earth, love everything around you, love the moments. And that's what this thing is. You get to be this creature. On a biological standpoint of all stuff, there's 37 million species that exist today. And that's just an estimate. We have no true clue on how much of that is. However, 37 million species. My God, there's 7 billion people, 7 billion homo sapiens on this earth. For every one of us, there's like a million insects that exist. So when you talk about 37 million species, not individuals, that's insane. And that's not all that we know. I guarantee, I'm, I'm sure there's more than that. There has to be more than that. We know like less about the ocean than we do space. And out of all this though, in the 4.5 billion year history of, of earth, we're only 1% that have ever existed. 1%, that 37 million is only 1% of all the life that has ever existed. Earth itself has eradicated, extinctioned the rest of the world. I don't know if you can add extinctioned past tense, made extinct, but it's, that's what this is about. And now lies us, this pinnacle of evolutionary awesomeness, the, the grandest scale of this conglomeration of nature, of these structures and functions of proteins passed down through lineage of generations. And they're in essence passed down by coupling. They're, they're, they're passed down by relationships of various creatures reproducing. So in essence, the DNA that is inside of you has been given to you through the process of love. And now you get to be this creature. We are a creature that has the grandest perceptions on nature more so than anything. We have the amazing abilities to think, walk, talk, think, and feel through this earth and not just exist on on instincts. We get to exist on these primordial, awesome, creative instincts that are us. To be creative is to be human. We want to create. We want to be. We want to exist inside the moments of nature that exist all around us. And if there's anything that we're going to be able to, that we want, that we want to want wholeheartedly, and if there's anything you should chase and kind of gear your life towards gaining more of, it has to be love, right? This amazing emotion of awesomeness that just is inside us. And it's terrifying and it's awesome. Because remember, we are an incredibly dynamic people. We are an incredibly dynamic mind. All of the things, the full spectrum that our brains can do, we are the grandest at this. We can create and share with the world more empathy, communication, friendship, romance, complex social structures, altruism than any other creature on the planet. However, we can also feed the bad wolf and we can do more power than anything of shaming, emotional cruelty, sadism, envy, jealousy, discrimination, dehumanization, you know, like wholesale slaughter. We can do murder. We can create and we can destroy grander than any other creature on the planet. And that's power. That is something we have to embrace and understand and know what's up. And this idea of love is terrifying. You know, we as scientists are trying to explain this thing. There, we, I guess I'm not, I, I, I guess I'm a scientist. I study science, you know, but I've never done a study on this. But I love learning about it because it changes me from the inside out. It adds to my perceptions of the way I feel. And, you know, love is terrifying. Love is awesome. I found this great poet called Eric Fried, and he has this cool little poem. It says, it is foolish, says 
caution. It is impossible, says experience. It is what it is, says love. And I don't know why, but that just sparks like some emotion inside me. Maybe because it is what it is is one of my one of my go to you know sayings in my brain when I'm feeling a little down on this. But you know, we all know love, right? You can sit and you can listen to this podcast. You have been in love most likely, and if not, hopefully it'll come around for you soon. But you've loved something, even if it's just you understand the concepts of love. And if you ever been in love, you know the euphoric nature of the whole thing, this all-encompassing, conquering feelings that's coercing through your entire body and mind. And it can, and it usually does, in the early stages of your life, be followed up by the epic lows, right? That this this fear, I, the older I get, and I, I'm not lucky in love by any means, the older I get in this, it's almost scary to fall in love just because I'm so sick and fearful of the actual lows that is loss. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about love and loss. And it kind of starts with this idea. It all comes back to neurotransmitters and our brain's perception. We give the heart, like the, the, the heart is the symbol of love throughout us and SciShow does this funny thing where it's, it's not I heart you it's I hypothalamus you the hypothalamus is the point inside this primitive thing inside our brain uh, that is actually regulating the feelings it allows you to feel the feels of life and you know in the end though we're learning from we're learning about love that the brain wants what the brain wants and that's why it's so tough and as we get through this and we learn about these things it, it can kind of empower you that if you feel in love or out of love or in happiness or sadness the idea of understanding that there are neurotransmitters inside of us give us a little bit of power. Understanding that we are just this kind of chemistry set, that these chemis- these chemicals wash over our bodies, our mind really, and it permeates through the rest of us, diffuses throughout all of us of time and space inside of us. And that gives me a little comfort to some regard, you know, knowing that it will change and it will flow. Also, it enlivens me with thinking about how can I control, how can I put myself in situations, add things to my body that will increase this epic, awesome amazing feelings of love, euphoria, happiness, and try and hinder and get away from the feelings of like depression and sadness and bummerness. So, you know, there's a lot of this going on. There's a ton of research and I I didn't really know. It took me like an extra day. It's why I wasn't posted yesterday because it just, it's so much to take in. But a lot of this comes back to the same people when you learn about it because it's a very new science. This idea of functional, functional resonance, these, these functional MRI scanners that can actually scan the brain and look for activity. I believe it does it with temperature and blood flow and it shows what the brain is doing and we now have mapped the brain to different you know senses different uh, areas that relate to different senses so when by doing this these scientists can really study what's up on a grander more intense scale on actually on what we call a quality quantitative scale meaning we can nu- numerically quantify it versus qualitative of like yes no kind of ish you know using your quality based words so there's this lady called Helen Fisher she's has a PhD and she's actually the lead scientist of math Match.com, and I believe she started at chemistry.com. She has a wonderful TED Talk. It's actually one of the most popular TED Talks on there about love. And she actually says the romantic love is this primordial and primitive drive that is in all side of, in, inside of all of us. She actually says these experiences are way below the emotional centers and, in fact, are not emotions at all, but rather this powerful drive and need to be shared by all humans. And this makes perfect sense on a, grand, on like a biological evolutionary scale. And, again, I'm telling you this. I want this to stick with you to kind of see 
that, you know, this is such a polarizing concept because love is so powerful. It it has to be the most powerful emotion. So many things that we do in the day, in our lives, in our, in our whatevers, it relates back to these concepts of love. And we're going to learn they're just neurotransmitters, man. They're just chemistry interacting with the hypothalamus, stimulating different regions of our body to act certain ways and feel certain feels. And that's crazy. But this biological idea of love makes sense as a humankind because we come out of our mom and I read this one cool study talking about how as the brain got bigger there's more room for there's more room for it to grow so we need to be able to protect the baby for longer as that baby learns more and more and we as humans we protect our kids even you know like it takes a village to raise a child we even do it on like a grander bigger scale of group like group methodologies of this and this makes sense of you know why women are the way women are in terms of being the caring ones and how men you know are perceived to be the big protecting ones and I'm not a huge fan of gender roles they really kind of piss me off in in life I'm kind of a I feel like I'm a masculine dude I do a lot of awesome things that are you know extreme and awesome and blah 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 I've never been in a fight in my life and I don't think that makes me less of a man and I'm also in touch with my feminine side it doesn't I don't fear that whatsoever so gender roles are gender roles but we are hopefully evolving away from them. Hopefully we're seeing that it's just the human experience and we're all in this together to try and be the people that we want to be to raise kids and raise a, you know, raise a better tomorrow. That's really what I think we're doing sometimes. We're just trying to make tomorrow better than it was today. You know, that's my goal. That's what I'm doing with this. I hope it's, I hope it's speaking with you. So we get down to this. And again, it all starts in the hypothalamus. There's a lot of different brain things. I'm not going to get too intense with it. But the hypothalamus is where we get this feeling. And science has now broken down love into three categories, three phases, really. You know, like the phases of grief. There's the phases of of love. Number one is lust. Number two is attraction. And number three is attachment. And really sit down and think about this. And you can picture all of the things that it is that you kind of go through these things, right? Lust is just that beginning, that beginning part where you're just, you know, you're, you're just seeing the person. You, 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 you get a sense of they're around you. You meet them or bump into them or see them. And you go through these states where you're very much into this. And it's pretty crazy. This stimulates a cascading effect of these neurotransmitters we've been talking about for the last three shows. And it releases phenylalanine, which is PEA. And it also releases testosterone in both males and females. And this gives you that stoke feeling. That gives you that initial idea of you're all pumped up. And of course, it's going to release dopamine. Dopamine is the reward centers. I told you this before. When we're in love, the dopamine stimulates portions of our brain that is identical to the stimulated brain regions when you're on cocaine and you know cocaine is this it, it, it actually increases dopamine and it doesn't allow for the dopamine to be back uh, absorbed or metabolized in your body so you stay in these euphoric states longer and I'm not saying do cocaine so I mean, he's like man that sounds crazy no it's terrible for you because your body will stop producing its own dopamine levels and your highs will be even need to be more drugs to get higher and then your lows are going to be beyond low so dear god like you don't need it the dopamine is there the greatest balancing you know chemist in the body is the brain the brain it can concoct these chemical con, con, you know, conglomerations of concoctions to give you these amazing stimulated things that we get to call feelings that we can channel into various different phases of life. So the dopamine hits this and stimulates your brain. You also, you get, you get some cortisol. You get a little bit of stressor hormones in there as this and the PEA and also norepinephrine and adrenaline, which is adrenaline, gets released into your system. So this kind of sounds like intense, right? I'm a huge extreme sports enthusiast. I love all 
all these different flow states of life. But it's like you get the reward, you get stress, and you get adrenaline coursing through your body when you see this. And that's that love at first sight, that euphoric moment. I've never truly experienced love at first sight. But you know that little feeling, that little like whisper in the back of your head of like, hey, what's up? Then you get into the next one. Once you get to, you all, I'm sorry, you also, you can at this stage in life, when you're in the lust into the attraction phase, you can also get drops in serotonin levels. Drops in serotonin levels, which um, can is also equivalent to somebody who has OCD tendencies. So this may explain the obsessiveness, and we don't. I, that's such an aggressive word, but that kind of constant wanting to text, that need to be around the person as you first meet them, which always makes me sad that that always wanes. You know, try and fight that. Try and fight the waning. Come back in a mindful state if you're in love right now. Take a look at your partner and be like, "What is up, partner?" Like, let's get back to this. Redo the stoke and get rid of the rest of this. And then as we go through the attraction phase, these these chemicals continue to course they start to go we start to go down into what's called the oxytocin oxytocin comes on in and that's what's affectionately known as the cuddle hormone they've proven that just skin-to-skin contact like hugging your dog or hugging yourself or cuddling up on a couch or just being around someone and showing a little bit of connection to them stimulates this 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 oxytocin oxytocin feeling especially in in moments of you know a lot of passion and and coupling you know stuff like that so the oxytocin comes on in and that's the cuddle hormone really connecting you with that and that's when you're in that phase where you're you know you're moving towards attachment and finally is attachment which again sounds aggressive but what I mean by that is like this is my partner this is my homie this is the person I'm going to share these grand moments of life with let alone get married have a kid go on and you know do all that amazing awesome stuff and that's what's called vasopressin vasopressin comes on in and that gives you that attachment phase and a biological standpoint this all makes sense that you're attracted to somebody you then couple together and then you're set you're good to go you're you're rule rule you know moving on forward in life as you go to reproduce and pass on your next generation of people so that's it man that's the feelings of that's the concepts of love so when you find and stimulate and give love it's this this these things these this chemistry this neural transmitters that have you been really intaken from eating and various things you know are awash in your system controlling the mind and the body in various different ways and you can kind of manipulate that you know, I like this because sometimes when you're in love, I've been in love before where it's it's almost like you're you're afraid of it and it's, it just feels so out of your control. If you've ever been in one of those relationships, I never thought I'd be that guy, but it has happened to where you're like uncontrollably in love with somebody who maybe you shouldn't want to be in love with or shouldn't need to be in love with or is not the right person for you. But you're 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 in that out of body control state. And it's because you have the chemistry, man. Those the brain is doing these subconscious primordial things to your body and you can do it. So an awareness is a, is raised and awareness is brought to light into light and you just ride the wave man just enjoy it and just go through and see what's going to happen because right around the corner can also be you know the downfall of this you know the, that we have this loving brain this amazing ability to create and share with the world around us and share our love with the people around us you also have the ability to decide to put yourself out there that you put yourself into these situations that is going to you know, really put you vulnerable. There's nothing more vulnerable in this world than when you fall in love. Understanding and finally coming to that exhaling moment of your life where you're like, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with this person. I'm going to, I'm going to trust them, right? The, the leap of faith. And it is, I mean, the older you get, the more you realize love is just, is just this leap of faith. And if you get into it, 
you're putting yourself out there and the the statistics say you know Helen Fisher talks about her study that over 96% of the people that they talked about had either been heartbroken or broken or broken a heart so that's the that's the norm the norm is a heartbreak and there's there's cooler science to even get into this that like your teenage brain your brain when it's the neuroplasticity of your mind as you're in the younger phases your first love you know your your first relationships you're even at a higher risk of this, right? And it's even more so intense. And I went through that, man. I mean, here's my podcast. I guess they'll tell me who I am. You know, when I lost my first love, my high school girlfriend, she ended up dating my best friend. They live in Florida now, but, you know, what can you do? We're no longer best friends. We're not that good homies anymore. That was like downfall, bros. You know, like that was like, that was intense. That was depression. That was weird. Looking back, it's kind of comical. Like, what the heck were you doing? Worst part was, it happened during my last year of competitive golf, and it, you know, I'd like shank a shot, and I'd be like, whack, and I'd be like, oh, I shanked it. And I'd be like, oh, God, and she left me and I'd start crying on the course right because that was super fun like it's really fun to miss a shot and start crying on the golf course during your last year of scholarship golf but what can you do so anyways there's cool science now and Helen Fisher talks about this many people talk about this that using these brain scans when you know you're 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 in love you're these are addictive chemicals your brain gets addicted to these states you're imprinted with this human being the neuroplasticity of the mind like I talked about in episode two which needs to be revisited because it's amazing your brain rewires and adapts and changes to the moments of your life. The moments that are around you, the people around you, the feelings around you become hardwired into your brain and change and become a, a, a part of the person that you are and feel you need to be. So like you're you're hardwired for your parents' love. You're hardwired for your partner's love, your kid's love, your dog's love. This, these are parts of you, man. The love that is in them is in you and it's part of your brain. The nerves are wired to that way. So if you lose that, if that goes sideways on you, you're you're coming down. You're, you're in a withdrawal state. There's there's scientific studies that show that brain activation and body feelings are almost identical to people that are, you know, going cold turkey on something. You can't have like, you know, like a nicotine patch. You can't have like a heartbreak patch. Or could you? Man, are we onto something? We might be onto something. There we go. So who's any scientists out there listening to me? Let's invent a patch that can wean you off of love. Boom. I don't know if that's even real, but that'd be crazy. So, sorry, the heartbreak of this, what the cool part of the brain was is that when they put them under these scanners and people that came into the study that were in a state of heartache, of heartbreak, of loss, the brain regions that associate with pain and physical pain, even as intense as like a toothache, are highly stimulated. So your brain is in pain. Your brain is, is giving your body receptors, sending out neurotransmitters and chemicals that are associating with the feelings of pain. What? That's just tragic. I don't know the biolog. What would be the biological necessity of that? I truly have no idea. But again, step back. And if you are, if you're listening to this in a time of loss and love and heartache, whether or not it be the Orlando thing or you know just life in general, just know that these are chemicals that will wane. And just like anything in your life, if you choose to just ride the roller coaster and choose to just embrace the chaos, it will all sink. It will all ebb. It will all flow. It'll be a part of you, right? Like each heartache, each loss that I've experienced in my life, whether or not it be love or, you know, death or anything like that, it's still in me. It's still a part of me, but it's not at the forefront of your mind and body as it is right now. You're, you're not in, you're not lost, you're not lost, right? You're, you're in this state. If you haven't experienced love, you may be finding these physical pain receptors because again, this is this primordial powerful drive that is out there. So this love and loss paradigm is a paradigm of life though. Don't fear it, embrace it, love it and be it and understand that these these are emotions. 
Now that I'm 32 years old, going on 33 here, I look back at some of the time frames of real bad heartache. You know, the, the, the first one was really bad. There were a lot of them, you know, really ups and downs relationships. I look at it now from a standpoint of... I am kind of grateful, you know, if I, if I feel and I can step back and be mindful of the fact that I'm in pain, that I'm in loss and I'm feeling terrible, I can kind of get excited and look at it and phrase it in a frame, in like a framework of I'm so relieved and grateful that I was able to fall in love and get such a great emotional state with that human being that I now can experience this idea of, of, of loss. Uh, this loss is just another powerful emotion that I get the check mark in my bag of experience experiences of this human body because there are people out there who have never who who have never or maybe will never have the luck to fall in love and experience either the love and the loss or both so if you got that look at it from a grateful standpoint like the happiness episode in episode 23 look at it frame it look at it from a new state know and take in the fact that these feelings that are just on the surface of like i'm sad two words you can put together are a cascade a concoction a neural chemical tapestry of amazing awesome feelings in your body that are coursing through you and that's that makes you lose a little control which is kind of a good thing it's not your fault it's not something you did wrong it's just a part of the biology of the thing that you are and just embrace that reality embrace the chaos of the things that you are and then you can step back and you can start to do things start to control your 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 settings control your nutrition your exercise your health your wellness your mental states to try and chase down this thing that we call love. Go after it with just an intense fervor of anything that you're going to feel. But know you're going to get hurt along the way. Go into it with the state of mind that this probably will go south on me. But it's so much more terrifying to not have done something than to do it and loss. You know, that's where, like, I was related back to this podcast. I wanted to do this for two years, and it came to a state, came to a point in my mind that I was more terrified of not doing it than I was actually doing it. And let me tell you, I was I was terrified. I was really I was I was scared of doing it. But you know, here we go. We're here. We're we're rolling on and now the love is going, it's increasing and it's and it's happening. And again, you know, as we digress here this has never been a greater time. You know, hopefully this Orlando tragedy will 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 stick in our brains as something. And I, I fear and my feeling is that it may not, especially with this state of the way America is right now. But hopefully if you're listening to this and you can only control you, think of this now as a time, as an opportunity to double down on love. Don't double down on the hatred. Don't double down on this. I was in a diner the other day and I was trying to eat my eggs. I was hanging out with my head coach. We were going to tennis camp. It was just a great day. And this dude's sits down next to us and just starts spewing hate speech. I mean, just absolute powerful hate speech of like, line up that guy's family and kill every one of them top to bottom, side to side. Take every single Muslim that is out there and ban them from America because the, the he's like, the news is always asking for what's this guy's motive. Their motive is, is that they're Muslim. Holy crap. You know, I, I, I hope like no one just turns into this one part, but it, it affected me wholeheartedly. And it just looked at me from a standpoint of like, oh my God, this tragedy is just compounding. If people have that mo have that motion because you know 49 or 50 people many countless others were injured of people who were who 
who just go through this world, who are trying to experience and understand and obtain the same things that you or I are feeling. And whatever your feelings are on, you know, equality and on the LGBT movement and these factors, if you understand this and if you look at it from a standpoint, I have a lot of LGBT friends and they're, they're amazing human beings that are just attempting to find the love that they're trying to find. And, you know, we, we talk about this stuff as it's like a choice and we talk about this, that, and the other thing. I know from experience of talking with these people that I truly don't think that they would choose this. They wouldn't choose a life that is is like it has the power to to make their what they what they perceive you know with this this concept of love it, it makes their love something that they need to fear in social settings and it's totally real if you're not around this talk to some of these people they know that this world is more accepting of them than they were yesterday but there's still a fear there's still this underlying emotional state that something could go on because people have this profound influence but now i'm trying to show you that love is love that inside each of us is the same protein structure, the same deoxyribonucleic acid, the same 37 trillion cells inside our body. I mean, guys, we are are just an amazing collection of epic, awesome science, each going through and each getting this tiny little emotional blip of reality, this tiny little emotional existence that we get to call my life, your life, the life of this person that's living. And we all experience the same highs and the same lows, and we're all awash in the same neurochemical transmitters that is inside each of us. Us. And anybody whoever is who was hurt in this and hurt in this on an emotional or a physical standpoint, they've all were children. They were all a part of a family. They, you know, even from like the grandest wor- worst people to the best people, at one time or another, they have been loved. So attempt to look at it from the standpoint of opening up your mind, not to like the the, the tragedy even like that is which is beyond immeasurable. It's immeasurable in the, in the grand scale of how awful this is. Try and double down on love. Go out there and try and breathe into the love of this and look at it from a standpoint of that's hope that this is going to make love rise to the forefront that's not increase this to hate because you've heard this before on all the different news channels that's what the terrorists want that is what these heinous human beings who can just who are just willing to just do unspeakable things they want they want you to hate they want you to, to, to get angry they want to rise your emotions they don't want you to step back and just look at it from a standpoint of like I'm not doubling down on hate word Hate, hatred, I'm going to double down on love and open up your mind to the existence that each of us are just going through this. Be kind for all are, try, all are fighting the same battle. We're all going through this motions of life. We're all trying to just obtain as much love as physically possible in the tiny little blip of reality that we get to be us. So if you look at it from that standpoint, understanding that we are each an improbable thing, the probability of the per, you, the person next to you, the person, your neighbor, is 1 times 10 to the 2,685,000 thousandth it's just insane one point it's equivalent to 1.5 million people in a room holding a dice that has a trillion sided die in their hand a trillion possible outcomes each of those 1.5 million people roll the dice and all land on the same number five million eight hundred and sixty five thousandths and two Okay, that's the probability that you get to be you. That's the probability of the person next to you getting to be the person there next to you. So shake their hand, high five them, high five yourself, go out there and triple, quadruple down, increase chances, do things in your life that increase these abilities and these motions and these feelings to try and perceive as much love as physically possible. And know that this is just part of the human experience and embrace it. When you find it, hold on to it. If you're in it, double down on it and make sure that you go do something to 
day that sticks with that person next to you. Just at minimum, tell the person that you're in love with that you're in love with them if you haven't done so today. Tell your kids, your dogs, your family, your life. Tell yourself. Love yourself. If you're going to love anything on the planet, love the person that you are because you are a beautiful dust speck and I love each and every one of you. So thanks for enjoying the little rant here, guys. I'm sorry if I got a little too onto the Orlando thing. It, it's just so raw and so emotional, especially with this topic here. So if you're liking this, if you want to yell at me about that, you know, I hope I didn't offend anybody. It's never the intention to offend. It, 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 the, the intention is to enliven, not to bring down. So I'm sorry if that did. If not, and if this is speaking to you, if you're digging it, you know, plenty of different ways to read out, reach out to me. The communication is so much fun and it increases so much love in my heart when I hear from you guys of how you how the show is making you think so facebook and instagram is both beautiful dustbecks um twitter is at the underscore science bro uh beautiful you can leave a comment on there or just find me at alex hofeld on facebook and you know there we go you can you can reach out to me if you're really digging it go on itunes go on google play stitcher uh download subscribe and leave me a review let me know what the review is and do it all guys enjoy it and it's awesome i love each and every one of you thanks for being a listener I hope to see you soon. Peace.